this is great. It's, yeah. It's great to finally be here. I know. It's, it's been, a, I mean, it's, it's been something we've wanted to do. It's just a matter of doing it. I wanted to do this a long time ago. And then AMC decided to do what we're, what they're doing now, which is just these back-to-back -back episodes on top of episodes of like the next 10, you know, from 10, two weeks ago, I think it was. And then just for the next 10 weeks or eight weeks from now. And it's, it's just torture. This season of evil that is upon us right, well, upon me right now. <laughs> How has that been having to write and having to, having to keep maintain the podcast? Well, that's been, I mean, that's the biggest challenge, right? Because that's, you know, how do you balance all of those things and then make sure that, you know, you're not spoiling something, you know, inadvertently because, you know, like the screeners arrive two or three weeks early now, you know, so you're, you're constantly like, okay, well, it's 701, but I've seen 702 but I have 703, so I'm not gonna, you know, so I've actually just stopped watching the screeners altogether, and I just watch okay. them, like, as they become, because we, so with Walking Dead, we're not allowed to talk about it, which has been phenomenal. That That's actually helped a lot, because it's like this giant pissing contest that I don't, I don't need in my life. Oh, let's talk about that some more. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It, it is a big gripe of mine, too, yeah. It, it's just, it's one That's interesting, things. though, that you're saying this. I, like, the veil has dropped. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, so... Because, like, everybody wants to be first. Is that that's what we're talking about? Like, right. And, and, but, like, not first. I, I didn't tell you what happens. Well, <laughs> so then it becomes... I don't know if you guys get this, but, like, I always get the, you know, oh, so-and-so said this happened. You know, so-and-so who has a screener said this happened. Can you confirm it? And I'm like, I'm not going to confirm anything. Like, so I stopped watching them early so that if anybody ever asked me or if anybody ever came to me, I can say, well, I haven't even watched it. You know, like AMC could look at my account and be like, well, she hasn't even accessed the episodes. So no leaks are coming from her. Right. So that was kind of my, I mean, not that I was worried about that, but like, right. I've been the only person where I've like, you know, I've heard so many names, you know, so-and-so said this and spoiled this and put this out. And I'm like, I don't want my name in any part of that. Right. You know, right. I would rather well, and especially now that you're doing more interviews and then one-on-ones, it's like, okay, do I, are, is there going to be a potential problem right. also? Is people, are people going to be uneasy with me, you know, to uh, easy talking with me because oh, yeah. of something I said here and there? And, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, so now I'm kind, kind of the person, you know, like where they'll, they'll be like, oh, you know, don't worry, it's Sarah Bath. She won't say anything. Oh, yeah. She, she's safe. And, <laughs> you know, which is great because I don't want to be that person you know like i'm not i don't plus i don't get any kind of like personal satisfaction of being you know again being first and being mm -hmm. like i'm a fan so i respect the craft so much i don't think that you can judge an entire episode based on one snippet of a spoiler of an episode that hasn't even aired so nobody knows what it is but then you know just by that episode people say oh i don't want to watch it and i'm like well it's kind of disrespectful to the show and to the actors if you're not even going to watch it because someone's told you something and you don't even know if it's true right it cuts both ways Right. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm the kind of person who's like, I don't like to walk into something with a tainted point of view that is not mine. You know, so it's I, I like to I'm like um, Lionel. Is it Lionel Richie? Yeah. Like lighting the candles and, and opening the drapes and hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like my time with TWD for the first time, you know, like. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, so, you know, with the, so many shows, that's why I've just kind of stopped trying to watch. They still do the interviews the same week. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's so like, a, for example, like, so if they were doing fear interviews for, for 701 that's going to be airing this week on mm -hmm. TV, the interview would be like right now. So I don't have to watch it two weeks ago. I can watch it right now and still be okay because I can't talk about it until after it airs on TV anyway. And that's why it's so, it's almost relaxing. And I've heard this from a couple of people who are like, you know, because nobody's, there's this weird pressure to put stuff out that you've seen it when you get the screener. 
And then you have to ask yourself, well, why am I putting this out? You know, and, and there's that sense of like, okay, well, if I don't put this out, then, you know, people won't know that I saw it or they won't know where my coverage is or they don't know where, you know, which is legit. Like if I don't say like, oh, hey, I'll, I'll have, you know, I can't wait to tell you about my thoughts and it's going to be here, you know, which is what you're supposed to do. Or I'm watching the episode so I can talk to Jenna Elfman and it'll be on, you know, my interview will be up on Sunday. Right. Context. Right. Yeah. But when you do it for like the personal thing, you know, like, oh, look at me. I'm so cool. That's where I mm-hmm. start kind of getting, st- it, it makes me uncomfortable. And that's why I'm right. always like, look, I have the fewest Twitter followers. I'm not out here for that. Like I'm out here to, to, to give you guys good content. That's what I want yeah. to do. That's what I'm concerned about. I not, totally identify you know, with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not about like the personal gratification of it, but you know, that, cause that should come from what you do. Not, you know, trying yeah. to brag that you did it first or whatever. Yeah, what you produce, you know, is 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 what you're putting out something that people actually want? Or is it right? Or or is is it just like, oh, I'm clout chasing the clout chaser, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's the the last clout chaser. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it just it just makes it so complicated. Having so many, you know, and then having so many, it just it's so many episodes to juggle. It's just it, it's well, fun, but it's complicated. And it makes it easier to not have to you know, see things in advance, report that you've seen it in advance. And just, it just makes no sense. It's, it's episodes on top of episodes. Like then again, every, sorry, I'm always impressed with the amount of mental band bandwidth people tend, it was some, most people tend to have other than me. So like their ability to, and I don't know if all that attention is being absorbed. Like, I don't know if, if all the knowledge that they're gleaning off of these feeds, like, and, and say, Oh, I saw it first. Hey, I saw that you saw it first. And you know, that people like really take it in. Oh, yeah. oh, that guy seems cool. Let's just keep watching what he does or she does. Or, mm-hmm. So I, I really don't know. But yeah. uh, no, so what's so what is the point, right? Yeah, you know, and I and I get it, but you know, I think uh, I think Brandon Davis set the bar really high. You know, he's doing really well, and it started with Walking Dead, and that's what everybody wants to do. But you know, again, I would rather write a really good article than have a million followers, if that makes sense. Like that's that tracks. I'm not. That's, that's more my personality. You know, it's funny. I had this kind of debate internally with myself. <laughs> there are, are a couple people, because we, we have a coffee account, a Kofi account uh, for to support our podcast. And I think about that a lot. Wow. Am I giving enough here? Am I doing enough there? Mm-hmm. But then I also have to think about the other way. Like, okay, so there are people that are, have given to us for a very long time mm-hmm. and yet have no input. And then that, there's that little conflict in me that goes, I want to keep giving given to them and I want to keep giving my all then there's the those people over there and I thank them every day or every month technically that they're giving Mm -hmm. but it but then it makes you think oh but why am I doing this am I doing it for the money really like no most of the money is actually coming out of pocket (laughs) no I I think I want the feedback I I want the family I want the I want to know what we're doing right what Mm -hmm. we're doing wrong what what else we could be doing to to give you a better something so it's really challenged it's really pushed me around to kind of to prioritize and figure out what is the thing that's important. It is was the thing that I intended to build the thing that ultimately became. It, it was it to support the podcast, or was it really to kind of support the uh, the undergirding or the uh, the foundation by which this thing runs? Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, not necessarily money, but like ideas and, and input and feedback and right. So that's what it turned into. And so so like I look at those accounts, I'm like. I don't know if I want to give them the credit because they're, <laughs> they're not giving me anything. And yet they're still giving. So it's like this weird kind of right. kind of dovetails on what, we're, what we've what we been talking about. Like, it, does this have substance? But it has money. But it, is it substantial? <laughs> Part of it for me, too, is is uh, I question for me, like, I, I don't want to, well, as you know, 
I don't want to cause controversy. And usually <laughs> things like that stir the pot more than they create a sense of excitement, you know, which I've always been very clear, like the purpose of, of being able to see things early is not to brag, it's to do the job. Yeah, I used yeah, to have to do recaps sure. live. Like I used to have to type a recap as the show was airing live. Yeah, publicly, right. God, that must just, be maddening. Oh, it was, but I, I've been doing it since like True Blood. So yeah. it's, you know, I've been doing wow. it forever. And so you get used to it and you know how to like, what's important and what you're trying to capture and everything. But the challenge, you know, so so the challenge for me is like, okay, I'm getting this because it's so that I can do my job better and I can provide, you know, my review will be up after the episode, not two days later because I'm still finishing up the recap or, you know, I can do that interview, I can do whatever. So that's, you know, that's in the pure form, that's what you're supposed to see. And so that's why you have a lot of journalists who are like, you know, looking down on people who brag about opportunities and things, you know, they're like, oh, you shouldn't do that. And it's like, I get the excitement. So I don't want to, I don't want to, to say that because I, right. it's exciting. I, it's an exciting exactly. thing when you, when you have that kind of access and you've worked really hard to get it. But when you stir controversy because you say like, oh, this episode sucks and it's two oh, weeks out. You know what was emblematic of that? Uh, I remember uh, Wrong End of a Telescope, The Walking Dead World Beyond. That's a perfect example of what you're talking about. It's like, oh, I want to be first to say it. It's not quite good, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So, and that had a huge effect on how it was, it, talk about tainted impressions. That had mm -hmm. a huge effect on how people saw it. Right. Oh, because this person said, the person that says the things I like when they get really excited said that, maybe he's they or they or she's right, you know? Yeah. So. And, and see, that's that's the thing that's always challenging because, so then you take in like things like set visits, right? So with oh, World Beyond, yeah. I saw, was I was great, on set, God, November of 20, 2019, and it was supposed to air. Yeah. Was, right, on was, around Walker Stalker, yeah. The show was supposed to air in April of 2020. It didn't air until October 2020. So I had known so much about what was happening, and I was pumped, like, because I saw the bigger picture. Now, you know, there are finer details to the show that, you know, are debatable. But at its core, what they were trying to do, I was like, okay, this is the Walking Dead fans' dream. They are going in and they are telling us what's happening, where Rick was. Like, this is all Rick-centric, but it's not, he's not in it. This is great, you know, so I was just so pumped. But then when people were kind of crapping on it without knowing the details and, you know, no, it's not Rick, it's not whatever. And then so by the time it arrived, you're like, okay, they saw it the weekend of WonderCon, but it was like whatever the other convention was, they screened it. And so people saw it in mm. April. It's that kind of thing where it's like, you know, I've, I've done that with Fear the past two seasons, five mm -hmm. and six, yep. you know, where I was on set months and months and months before things happened. I was like, this is so cool, you know, but there's like a patience thing. Like you have to have patience for it to pay off. And so I, right. I can't just come out. I'm not allowed to say like, oh, hey, I just saw X, Y, and Z because it's like- That was the best spoiler-free review. I'm doing quotes for the audio <laughs> listeners that, that I have ever heard because seeing you paint what we are about to see mm -hmm. and in as many descriptive words as possible without giving anything away, try to set up what they are attempting to do. Keep in mind, I am one of those people that just hates that quote unquote spoiler free review in Twitter. Like if you can click a link to go to the thing, mm -hmm. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. But then I'm risking like talking a poop about people in particular. But going back to what you did, you did it in a way that was just actually just really, really hyped, hyped up, trying to trying to express what they are trying to do in the in the process. Yeah, and I did notice that you did that for Fear of the Walking Dead as well. Like, okay, guys, there's there's a long game occurring here. There's something there's something happening here that you just gotta gotta have a little patience for, and it will pay off. And uh, in my opinion, season five of Fear of the Walking Dead, 
look, people got, people panned it, not me. I saw the value in everything. And then I knew, I knew there would be a payoff into the grid. Cause if you try, and now you're looking back to four five and six and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, I see what they were trying to do here. They were just, they're trying to build us up just so they can crash us down again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, a, it is a little unusual the way they did it. Mm -hmm. So I can see, I can see why people would not be about that. And especially in a world where people like firsts. Yeah. I want to be first. Yeah. You know, instant gratification. Mm -hmm. I can easily see how people might, many people might feel this is not for me. Well, but then you look at the way, I mean, and I've, I've said this before, like if you look at how they did it, I mean, now they're you know, like, everybody gets a spinoff. You get a spinoff. He gets a spinoff. She gets a spin. Everybody gets a spinoff. <laughs> it's now. like the Oprah of the Walking Dead universe. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks. Exactly. Thanks, Gimple. But when you look at what was going on then, if you look at the dates and you look at uh, between San Diego Comic-Con and New York Comic-Con, when they had said initially with fear, they were like, there will never be crossover ever. Right, right. Then as soon as... Uh, or like the universes won't. Yeah, they, they won't right. cross over. Yeah. But then you look... Not, at the, not they, the people. <laughs> right. But, but, but they said initially, they said, you will not see characters from Walking Dead on Fear the Walking Dead. That was like if season one. Will not happen. As soon as Kirkman got the, the streaming deal with Amazon, it changed. All of a sudden, they realized, hey, we've got this IP that we can work with independent of the Walking Universe, which he still has control over. But we made this show and it's our it's our universe for all intents and purposes. And now we can have crossover. So they bring over Morgan. And so if you when you look at that, like that was the turning point. But what they should have done is they should have ended the original story and started over because I think that disconnect, it really set the showrunners up to fail. People didn't understand what was happening. Right. And that's why right. I well, have this theory that there's like three sets of trilogies, like there's gonna be one one more set of three seasons to tell the story and to finish it up. And then, you know, so one and one through three is distinctly different from four through six and seven through nine will be very different from four through six. Or maybe even six through whatever. Potentially. You know? I mean, but it, it, yeah. it really, I mean, now we're in this like nuclear age. So it's like a complete, you know, departure from what they were doing. But it, they really could have done it, in my opinion, they could have done it better if they had separated the show. And Yeah, even to the point where you you don't even have to explain what happened in seasons one through three. Just just drop that story, maybe pick it up later and see what mm -hmm. happened. I mean, it's if you want to kind of microcosm it, I think of the character Alex from, from the first three seasons. She kind of left off on a little dinghy. Mm -hmm. and never returned and yet in the back of my mind because she was a character that really really intrigued me everybody says tobias and i'm over it <laughs> i'm so over it it's not even funny and i make a joke out of it at this point like i just kind of i make myself sound ridiculous of in how much i do not want this to happen i don't want to see tobias he is a he's like general zod in my opinion <laughs> like okay let's go the other way you think he's a survivor no he became a monster <laughs> but like with alex i saw okay i see a person who left with bitter you know, it, it was like a bitter departure. Mm -hmm. She clearly was capable, you know, just as capable as, as Nick without the baggage. Mm -hmm. And so I can see that being, okay, she's gone, but not forgotten. You could have done that with the Clarks too, in a sense, or the, the Clark era, let's say, mm -hmm. of this, and then have them come back and see what they became right. now that they touched universes with Victor, or maybe even a little touched universes with the June Johns, mm -hmm. Althea's, and, and, and all that. So I see what you're saying. I n I'd never thought of that before. I kind of just said, okay, I guess this is what's happening and I'll just see if I can gain value from it, which is kind of what we do. Yeah. And like, okay, everybody seems to focus on the negative and, and obviously we criticize things when it's bears criticizing, but I just try to roll with it and see, yeah. see what they're trying to do so that I can say, oh, guys, they're, they're kind of trying to do this and that.
you know, and then, you know, hopefully set you up for that. And then they didn't do that. And they're like, okay, but maybe they were trying to do that. Right. You know, and so, and I, it's not like I'm trying to be an apologetic person, but it's like, I, everybody loves to poop on everything. And so like, why can't we be that resource where like, okay, maybe there's this, maybe there's that. What are they trying to do versus what happened? You know, because right. everybody wants to give the postmortem, but I kind of want to give you the, the, the optimist's outlook, you know, right. like, okay. And, and then doing the backstage on the film craft and what happens behind the scenes, kind of what, what you were saying about, was it Kirkman or was it Nick Taro? The Amazon deal that opened up that allowed mm-hmm. them to kind of join universes, that's stuff that I like to talk about as well. I mean, mm-hmm. and then so speaking of that, it's kind of like, well, instead of laying it all on Ian and Andrew's feet, mm-hmm. I, I always tend to kind of bring in other forces and say, right. hey, there's you got Yoel at the top of AMC, you know, you've got, <laughs> right? I mean, then and then you've got, you know, Kirkman being chief content, uh, sorry, Gimple, Gimple being chief content officer, G- Kirkman having a say here and there, uh, Nicotero, obviously, uh, Satrazim is directing the thing, it, doing what he can with what he's got, you know, but then giving, you know, getting the praises and the, like, he's the, he's the one who, all, who, the only one who seems to be thriving throughout all the controversy in the background. He's like, hey, this has done really well for me. I hope they keep yelling at these guys. <laughs> so, but, you know, so we bring in everything. So it's kind of like, well, okay. Well, I guess it's not that bad, or I guess, well, I, I don't know who to blame now. So maybe Gimple, let's blame, let's all blame Gimple. And I think he's happy with that because <laughs> he's the one making the phone calls when people die. That's what we try to do. We try to kind of bring a levity, obviously, but then we also try to balance the load, mm-hmm. you know, so you're not, you're not burning with hate with at one person. And we don't, it doesn't always work, especially even <laughs> on the show with the other hosts. It is a, sometimes it's a poop show. Oh, yeah. so, like, especially with like like the second season uh, of Walking Dead World Beyond thus far, mm-hmm. it's been hard. <laughs> it's been difficult. I've been trying to be a cheerleader, and they're like, "Nobby, nah, that's not happening today." <laughs> at least with the first episode. That's fair. You know, I think that there's like, yeah, I mean, always. I'll, I've said it before, and I, it always cracks me up. I always laugh about you know the people who have time to hate watch things and it's like i wish i had that kind of time i wish i could just not i mean you know you talk about things living rent free in your head and it's like you're physically taking time out of your life to watch a show that you hate so that you can tell other people how much you hate the show (laughs) which is ironic right you're you're watching it and what is the irony of the show the irony is watching these shows is like there's only so much time (laughs) there's only so much life and things to enjoy yeah. Like, and so, and, and here you are, go, hate binging these shows yeah. and you're making time for this. It's like, go out in the world and create something. I'm, I'm not trying to, like, one of the biggest mottos on the show, like, like let me dial it back a little bit. One of the biggest thing, things I tell people, though, is if that's how you took it, that is important because mm-hmm. that is the impression that, that was left on, upon you. And, and that is valid. Even to the people whom I feel like don't get it all the time, I'll say, but yeah, they have to be catering to you too. Or they have to at least try to cater to you too. Because mm-hmm. that's, it's still a, supposed to be, a, it's not film noir. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a popular television show, fictional. Yeah. So but I mean, it's got to try to capture yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any show that's really been able to check all the boxes for everybody. So that's, I mean, no. that's just not possible. No, I, I just laugh when people are like, you know, I watched it so I could tell you how much I hate it, and I'm like, yeah, but, you but that's like it. everybody. <laughs> and, and you know, it's most I people. It, I mean, because I, I remember saying years ago, like, you know, there's certain shows, and I, I feel like World Beyond could be one of them. I feel like season four of Fear could have been one of them, where you have the Netflix effect. Like, if you watch it all together. 
it would have been easier watching waiting week week to week and not maybe getting the payoff that you wanted which is exactly you know i know we're going to talk about uh season 11a like at some point <laughs> like that, you know like sometimes you look and you're like okay the journey week to week is really hard because the payoff isn't coming you know and, and in fear's defense they're building this new world so like they kind of had to take that time which is hard for people to understand because it was season four we're this far in fourth season yeah and you're completely in and that's why i say like they probably could have done a better job setting them up for that with world beyond they had a blank canvas now i feel like there's more perspective like i had the perspective i was there for episode eight so i knew everything that happened through episode oh wow wow on that they were that far in yeah Yeah. and so and, and the funny thing is is that so if you think about uh Episode eight is when Percy came in. I was in the first group that came on like a Thursday. The Friday group actually found out that Percy's uncle had been murdered. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Completely shifted, you know, the way you see it. But that's the kind of thing. Like I had eight episodes of knowledge about how this was setting up and what was happening. And we didn't even know we didn't even know at that point that Julia Armand was on the cast. We didn't know. Oh. So think about that. At that point, because I, I had even asked the question of Nico Tortorella. I said, you're the oldest person in the cast. What's that like? And they were like, oh, you know, it's it's so interesting. And we didn't know. We had no idea that she was there and that she even had that kind of an impact on the whole show. And yet she that, was the villain. That is so funny. Because we, we had remarked on the fact that some of the some of the first several episodes, or like first couple, sorry, the first couple episodes felt strange. Mm-hmm. It's as if they'd filmed it later. And then all of a sudden they were dialing it back here, uh, like say the third or fourth episode with a BOG, I believe, I think mm-hmm. it was. And we were comedy was like, this seems weird. This seems odd. She all of a sudden feels like she's, there's something different about her. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this is the first time on set, like pilotitis is what we called it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, well, it, it so happens that they do, will film at a sequence. And sometimes the character doesn't find their legs in the order in which you perceive things. Mm-hmm. So, and what you just confirmed something that I'd been, th- we'd all been thinking about for a little while. So it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of yeah. cool that kind of guess that right <laughs> yeah no but that it changes the whole perspective i mean even yeah so it's funny because ahead of um fear 6b i had talked to karen david like weeks and weeks and weeks before it aired we were just talking because we know each other and so it was like a phone call it wasn't like a thing you know mm-hmm. and i ended up it was funny because i actually wanted off the record <laughs> I wanted, the funny thing was is i wanted to use it for the podcast that was the purpose mm-hmm. of our conversation she said so much that i couldn't use any of it i was like damn it that's all really good stuff but so so i knew from that and i had talked to i would mikey and i text every now and then so like i was like hey like i heard you know karen was glowing about this episode that you guys did which i didn't know was the episode where she had you know the athena episode i didn't know that that was what she was talking about at the time though she was talking about how they had because they filmed that episode last but she was telling me about all of this other stuff i mean you know and not like you know, she wasn't spoiling it it wasn't like that kind of conversation but it was just so fascinating to me because she had said they were filming out of order and part of that mm-hmm. come to find out later was because of alicia dubnam carey being in australia so everybody was like oh right. i don't understand and it's like well take a step back from being a fan and think about the fact that she was stuck in the united states for the entire pandemic they shut down like the week that they had their break between 6a and 6b so they had just wrapped 6a they had their break and then they shut down last march she was in la because she thought it was just going to be like you know a quick two weeks they built the season so that she could film 
and then get the hell out of there so she could get mm. back home. Unfortunately, because of some of, you know, the way fans are and things happen, like they don't talk about when people are on set at any given time. But if you take that step back, it makes perfect sense. If you look at the scripts and you see like, oh, well, you know, this person isn't in, isn't around until episode four. Well, they're not showing up to set every day until their episode airs. They don't, they literally don't show up. Right. Until... Well, because of the filming. Well, yeah. and so they try to, to group it together to make the most sense. So like when we were on Fear, uh, Fear Six last, so that was the first, last trip I took before the pandemic was to Fear the Walking Dead, and it was the first day on set. So I had met your friend that you guys don't like, Miss Dakota. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which you know, as soon as she opened, her I'm mouth, okay. <laughs> as soon as she opened her mouth, it was like, oh, obviously they didn't say she was Virginia's sixth sister at the time. They just said, mm-hmm. here's Zoe Coletti. Here, you know, here she is, like. And you're like, oh, this is this is obvious. And, and she was lovely. So she had been filming. We were there the day Lenny James was directing. It was that episode. So we got mm. to watch Coleman and Alicia. They were they were there filming. But it was the was first. Was Damage on the Inside? Oh, no, that was the second episode. Yeah, well, welcome a... to the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the first day on set for Alexa Nysenson and Ruben Blades. They were just getting there. And he, I remember Ruben was like, we're, I'm going to my donkey training. Because he had that, <laughs> he had that scene with the donkey. And so he had to <laughs> learn how to like interact with the donkey. And, and Alexa had just gotten there. Because I love Alexa. And she's, she's, uh, she was like, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. She's like, I, I'm not trying to like keep things from you. I literally don't. I haven't even gotten my scripts yet. Like, I don't know. Couldn't tell you what's going on. <laughs> and, uh, and we were actually right. at, at uh, Star Hill Ranch, which is where Lawton was. So mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. So we, were, we got to see all of that, you know, transforming. The point of all of that is that only those actors were there. Like Jen Elfman wasn't there. Maggie Grace wasn't there. Like none of those people were there. And so like, you know, you look at the way the stories come out. And, P- and so even now with Fear 7, I would imagine... It's worse. Well, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine like we're not going to, you know, Alicia is there. Obviously, she's filmed. But like when you think about why we haven't seen her, that's why. Because yeah. she, you know, they filmed whatever her episodes are all together. So like whatever she was in the, the bunker and whatever was happening, it's already been filmed, but she's not here. And people, you know, people, oh, she's dead. Obviously, she's been killed off. Oh, she wanted off the show and she's, whatever. and it's like, no. Ugh. She was literally, like, she she was here. She was stuck here for, you know, away from her family. And I I mean, that, when I I think about it in those terms, she had a window of opportunity to get back to Australia when that was possible. And she took it. Like, she was like, I'm done. I'm I'm going. And they they worked around it. So a lot of the stories have been crafted for that to happen. Did she have any trouble going back? Or did she film all those scenes during the period of time where she was able to stay here? Or she was forced to stay here? I know they filmed out of order because that's what Karen David had said. And so, you know, that wasn't like a surprise or anything. But at the time, I just remember that they usually film right before Christmas. And they were able to kind of do that. They mm-hmm. were, but she made it home for Christmas. Like she had, she, and she had to do the two-week quarantine. So that was on her Instagram. So. Right. Right. I'm pulling all of those things together to paint that picture, but that's why. That's the yeah. why and why she was, you know, the, the anthology format actually worked really well for her. I'm a huge fan of the anthology format, so you don't just have like the one. I am line. too. Like, I, I can't stand, like, I watch I watch The Walking Dead, and as much as I love the show, it just drives me nuts when you, you see someone you haven't seen in like 12 episodes, and they come on and they're like, oh, there's people over there, and that's <laughs> it. And you're like... <laughs> like you, you oh, were here for that like, like like henrik green or something like random like wh- where were you <laughs> young man <laughs> like he's like gone from oh, you know yeah. what i mean like mm. or or seth gilly like there's there's just these characters and you're like where the hell 
have you been like you know and that's that's the danger of getting too big and that's been the reason why they wanted to have this format which i think is great but it also really worked well for that purpose for so. people having to leave at some point yeah uh, or like or like um yeah or even quarantine filming that it does kind of mm -hmm. work you have small batches of actors working in unison and yeah it was almost undetectable right until at one point you do detect it and you're like oh yeah we're still in COVID. That's, yeah. that makes sense yeah <laughs> And then you appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, this, this makes sense. And they did this for us. And yeah. they made a good product. I think that's a safe thing to say, too. Mm -hmm. I think most people really, really received season six pretty well. Yeah. I think. And yeah. they, you can just tell, I mean, you know, again, like going back to the to the actors, um, you know, themselves. I mean, they genuinely love the format. So as a fan, if they like it, it, <laughs> it then I'm not. First, I'm like, kidding. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it kind of it's, it's kind of a weird thing. Like when you think of people being like, she needs more screen time, but she's over here saying like, I loved this because then I could go over and do this. You know, and thinking yeah. about Jenna and Coleman in season six, like they did that episode or they each did episodes of The Twilight Zone because right. they weren't on call the whole time. So when you think about how talented this cast is, Jesus, look at Coleman Domingo right now. Like he's oh my God. everywhere. And I love it. I mean, he's he's so talented. But because of the format, instead of having to say goodbye to him, he could do all of these things. So there's a lot of value to that. If they want to stay part of the show, if it works for them, this gives them the ability. And I, I respect the hell out of it. Right. Talk about innovating in, in the times of, of in the pandemic times. Mm -hmm. They certainly did. And which is to your point, it's a stark contrast to what we remarked on when we were covering. We had just premiered our coverage of the finale of the walk well the the 11a finale uh -huh. for the walking dead and we had remarked uh, hey why isn't jerry here and to your point it's like yeah i was filming shazam too yeah we're, we're just like scratch so what is the excuse oh he's upstairs with the kids probably maybe yeah. so the, oh the why is nabila here i don't know guys <laughs> this is too much and then i and then i really i just whipped out i said hey it's covid filming they Maybe they couldn't have as many people in a room or whatever. And then and then in the premiere chat, one of our fans just said, oh, yeah, he was filming Shazam, too. I was like, oh, well, then that answers that question. Yeah, yeah. And then contrasting that with what all the crazy stuff that Coleman's been able to do in the last couple of years, it's kind of amazing that he was able to do that. And it's like the season of Coleman, like, oh, lately. absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's... Uh, Swag King. I mean, he's just been, he's been everywhere, and he's so, he's so talented. You know, I really feel like this season is where he needed to be oh, and I, I have an interview coming this weekend from uh, with the showrunners and i a question i've been asking over and over is this the strandiest strand that's ever stranded because <laughs> it's just you know you just see it every season you just see these glimpses they said this is probably the most authentic that he's been and you know now he's a producer on the show which allows you know and he directs and he's oh i did not know that he was a producer as well yeah no he just just this season that. he became a producer he's going to be part of this family you know and again I like to read into things. There's speculation, you know, like, oh, he probably hates being on this show right now. And I know he didn't like, there were certain things right. that he didn't agree with. But now that, you know, kind of going back to the whole thing about the, the long game, like, we've had conversations where he's like, yeah, now I see. It was hard to see in the moment, you know? Like, it was hard to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to go commandeer this this hot air balloon, you know? Like, what the hell is, mm -hmm. you know, of course, of course we are. But in the, you know, the hot air balloon represents hope. Right. There was hope in that the moment uptick. that this would work. And now by season six, everything's just been shot to hell. And now they, so when you look back and you're like, oh, okay, that actually explains why those moments existed. But the point is, is that he could kind of pull you back when things get really bad or you know, in certain moments of real dismal despair. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Maybe. Yeah. Uh, we don't know yet, but <laughs> yeah, but you know. I'm still crossing my fingers. <laughs> but I don't know if I want to see the you know? strandiest strand that ever stranded. <laughs> I'm biased. I'm very biased. I am not like anybody else on the show, on well, our podcast. I'm literally like, but, but guys, but maybe he won't be all that bad. <laughs> Even after being heartbroken after the first episode. <laughs> I'm like, no, literally, I said, oh, guys, I think he's bad. And then like I watched it a second time. I'm like. I'm back. I'm back, baby. I'm like, all right. I've got hope. I watched season five. I like the hot air balloon. Sue me. Yeah. When you look at the way he chooses his characters, if you think about it, oh my God. Strand is everything that you could hope for in an actor for, mm. you know, in being an actor. Or in a character. A, a yeah. role, you know, I mean, it, for a, a role that a character would love. I mean, look at the arc that this guy has had. You know, he started out, he wasn't a good guy. Like he was yeah. just, he was a con man. And, and then he was forced into situations he didn't want to be in, which I think coming out of a pandemic, I mean, I think we all yeah. have learned, you know, like, do you give up the toilet paper? Or do, you, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you take it? You know, and that was kind of him with the boat. Like I've got this boat, I have no reason to share it with you. I have no reason to share my resources with you. In a way he gets conned into doing it. But then, you know, over the course of these seasons, he's been able to change so much. And now he's really embraced, you know, like he's leaned into it. And, and so the fact that, you know, he's directing, the fact that he's able to, to play this character the way he is now and then as a producer he's invested in this universe and i think you know that says a lot you know and, oh, yeah. and alicia's directing now you know which is just fantastic it, it says a lot in terms of how the cast perceives the show and and right and in all the shows not just not just that one i mean you know certainly there's there's moments on world beyond i mean you see this Nico and, and Jelani, you know, being able to show this relationship that we've never been able to really see in The Walking Dead. And you're like, hey, this is awesome. This is great. You know, so there's a lot of ownership in those things that give me hope for the franchise's future, I guess. Oh, yeah. For what's what's more to come, too. But like going back to not hope, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see. Well, And we kind of remarked on this last year when Fear the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead World Beyond were airing back to back week mm -hmm. by week, two episodes a week how the episodes sort of play with one another. Something is going on here because I am sort of seeing that in spades this this go around because as we as we go into let's say okay, let's just talk about the first first episode of The Walking Dead World Beyond, because this is all gonna go back to season eleven of The Walking Dead. <laughs> first ep first episode of The Walking Dead World Beyond, we see Hope meet in her mind what she perceives could have been her out in the wild in the apocalypse. This mm -hmm. idealized or this the the best and brightest trophy winning award-winning genius person out of high school. And this is what she would, would have imagined herself to be in the apocalypse. But who was that person having just watched, uh, was it 1106, uh, TW1106, which mm -hmm. was the Connie episode, the, the haunted house episode with the Farrells. Right. And you do see like this crazy similarity between these two characters. Like, oh, she got it right away. And she's never met any of these kinds of people. Mm -hmm. and, which is, this is, I'm, I pick up these things because like, oh, she's super smart. You, you cannot... Keep your eyes off hope for a second, and then I go back to Iris. I'm 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 sort of starting to become an Iris defender because I don't want them to pull the rug from underneath me. Because I kind of want to be like, guys, I know we I know you guys all shat on Iris <laughs> past year, but they're doing something here, and now they're leaning into their as Rachel, my co-host, said. They're kind of I think they're sort of steering into the skid now. Like they they're trying to make her do things that you wouldn't agree with, but they end up working out. And they oh, and it's intentional. Oh, and she bests people. Oh, guys, guys, you. I'm trying to warn you, she's going to do things that are successful now and not stupid. Keep watching. <laughs> but but going back to Hope, this kind of seeing the parallels between season 11, The Walking Dead, and then The Walking Dead World Beyond, and then now we're walking into a nuclear holocaust where that is not in the same timeline, 
but it's as if, it's almost as if they did some time travel mm-hmm. <laughs> because, because even though we're not quite where the Pharaohs might have ended up after 10 plus years in the apocalypse, we've kind of accelerated things, you know, yeah. nu- nuclearly. So, <laughs> so it's kind of cool to see them on the same desperation wavelength because mm-hmm. when you watch most of the of Fear the Walking Dead's first episode of season seven, it is just despair mm-hmm. in spades. And so to see all three shows leaning into this overarching theme of this is how it is, it is it is way worse than we thought it was. I almost just, as you said that, I, I had to remember that nobody's seen 702 yet because I was like, Oh, and then, but I can't. I see. I see. I see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but but no, you're you're so right. And and you know, one thing that that I will never forget from that set visit to World Beyond is that every single one of the the cast members kept saying, "You're going to see people have to do things, and there will be heroes, and there will be villains that rise up." And that stayed with me. If you think, because I, I talked to Aaliyah yeah. Royale a couple weeks ago, and she was like, you know, I asked her, you know, did she like pilot episode uh, Iris or does she like 201 Iris? And she's uh-huh. like, oh my God, it's so hard because they're so vastly different. And, you know, and she enjoyed both of them, but she really liked being able to lean into what she was able to do with 201, which if you start thinking about it and you think about that quote and how they were so insistent that, you know, not everybody is going to come out of this. You know, you're going to see villains rising up out of this group, you know, and see so throughout the season, I kept watching thinking, you know, okay, is it Elton? Is it, you know, because obviously Silas was the one oh God, that yeah. you know, everybody had pegged, like he was the one who was going to be the bad guy and he's actually anything you know, farthest from it. All right. So now I'm kind of thinking, well, what if it's Iris? What if there's a rear, a weird twist that in order to save her family, she sells her soul kind of the way they wanted to do with Madison? Mm-hmm. Like, I see what you're saying. We've been talking about that too a little bit lately. Yeah. Who takes on that mantle if you're the walking dead? But yeah, we'll but I, I feel like there's just like, you know, there's so many different possibilities that they could do, you know, and, and, and so kind of seeing how Strand turned out, you know, that he was one of our originals and then now he's this this polar opposite in a sense, but he was always kind of this person. That we could like-ish. Yeah, well, I mean, you <laughs> but... always just, like, he was, again, it's the toilet paper thing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. now that we've been through this, it's like, okay, so do you give up the toilet paper in the middle of the pandemic? Because there's no toilet paper on the shelf. Strand would say, hell no, you take the toilet paper, you know? And right. we're all like, you know, you should give up the toilet paper. You should give it to people, you know? You There's should a share of the toilet. Here's a square. Go ahead. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it paints right. a really interesting picture when you see that he is now considered a villain. So, so could that happen? <laughs> <laughs> but could, could that happen with Iris? Or, or, you know, in a weird twist, could Hope become the villain? That's kind of what I was thinking, actually, unfortunately, because I, I have been enjoying Alexa Mensour's character. We've been thinking of, uh, about the original premise of the show as well, though, mm-hmm. or I've been, at least. I've been, I do this thing where, like, the you guys remember? With yeah. <laughs> Rem- remember what Negretti said, Dave? Yeah, Dave. Remember what he said about two halves of a whole, one light, one dark, and then eventually finding a way to, you know, both kind of like twins mm-hmm. and then eventually them going at each other. And it's it just never brought again brought up again afterwards, but that it just held on to that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, so how are they going to do this? I feel like the the second season is like this dark mirror that people step through that repeat in some senses the events of the first season, but then in a completely twisted fashion where you don't know. Instead of being together, mm-hmm. we're gonna find ways to to go apart, you know. Right. And so, and then for them to perhaps in the most spectacular way, I even postulated like it could be that they are both two different extremes that at the end of the day, you may not like either of them, even though they're both right in Mm -hmm. a sense. 
Like they may do things that you don't agree with, but they're both right because it seems like we're trying to figure out is what the CRM doing a bad thing, even though they have to do bad to do good. But is Iris doing a good thing? You know, isn't it all about family? Isn't it about think locally, not globally? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Philosophy asshole strikes again. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what we refer it's, to. It's, it's so true. They're definitely playing with it in a way that they really hadn't played with it really in The Walking Dead. You know, it took them a while to be able to get to that point. You know, and I, I think we see a lot of those those elements with Negan and there's, you know, there's, you know, there's, yeah. there's so many different pieces to it, but not, you know, and I think the big challenge is not everybody takes the nuanced approach to watching the show and sometimes it's it's more face value and if you take it at face yeah. value then a lot of the decisions don't make sense at all which is hard yeah, for and, sure. and it's fair personally like i i don't like certain types of storytelling you mm. know if it's too in your face you know like why the last man meaning it's too confronting oh okay okay well, it's so like yeah i mean if, if i want to hear all about this <laughs> but if like if you're too if, if you're too confronting you know, in, in that sense, at the core of it, I ask myself, was I entertained? And then I okay. build a review okay. from there. If I was entertained, oh. then I'm not going to say like, oh, this, this sucked. I'm going to say, no, I liked X, Y, and Z. This is how I would frame when we get to, to 11A. I was entertained, but I, I don't feel like it fit. It didn't fit, but I was entertained. So I can't ignore that. But like you take a show like Why the Last Man, and I spend so much time it's like- exact opposite problem. <laughs> So but I, I sat and I was like, okay, I, I didn't read the comics, so I don't know, you know, my brother-in-law is a huge fan, he has all the, he actually has them on the shelf, so anytime I need them, I can read them, and I was like, you know, I want to go back and do that, but I'm so perplexed because I feel like there's so many problems with this that it's hard to say that I'm being entertained because I'm just, I'm frustrated and I'm kind of annoyed sometimes, and then they get into these um, existential issues Oh, it's have drop. Yeah, yeah. You know, and part of the time I'm like, God, women are stupid. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that because I'm a woman. But man, like. I can't believe you just said that out loud. I mean, Thank God for editing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, no. I mean, what I mean, you know, and to clarify. I'm sitting, by the way, I'm sitting there watching. I don't watch too many things with my wife at all mm -hmm. because we don't like the same things. She likes Parks and Rec and The Office and something, you know, like a normal person, not like us. <laughs> but she doesn't like anything sci-fi, Star Trek, whatnot, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Anything, anything that's not a comedy, to be honest with you. But then, like, I'll get her to watch these weird things. Like, I now we're watching uh, Lower Decks, Star Trek okay. Lower Decks. It's a cartoon. She's into it. How and why? But then we watch, we're watching this and she's like, she doesn't like it. She doesn't, she's like, she's like at the edge of her seat saying, I don't think I want to watch this anymore. But for some reason she's watching it. And I know in her head, she's thinking the same thing as you, but she just will never say it out loud. Because in some sense, she doesn't want to hit the part of my brain that, that may think the same, but I don't. <laughs> like <laughs> these women are, so, I don't think that, I don't think that Evelyn, I don't think that at all. I think this is great. I think we're exploring multidimensional facets that are nuanced. Women are capable of that, Evelyn. Come on, don't you know? I'm mansplaining to you right now. <laughs> See, you can't win. <laughs> no, no, and, and, and that's very diplomatic of you. I have to, yeah. I have to say, but it's, it's today. Yeah. <laughs> but since I mean, now that I've I've said it, I mean, it's just yeah. I, now yeah. I feel like honestly, I had a different perspective on the whole damn pandemic because uh, we watched The Walking Dead. Yeah, same. It could, it sure. changes the way you see things. So I think maybe that's part of my frustration with the show, with with Why the Last Man, because I'm like, okay, I don't, oh. I don't actually think that things would fall apart like this. It's supposed to be this uplifting feminist power thing, but everything is so shitty that I'm like, well, wait a minute, it's actually not that empowering. 
except when they want it to be. You know, like it, it's weird. And, and so I, I or maybe I, you walked into it with that canned and be like, oh, that, this is what they're going to try to do. Oh, they're not doing it. <laughs> they're not. And it's it's the exact almost the exact opposite, except when they want it to be like you just said. So yeah, it's, yeah. Like, so it's, it's perplexing. And so that that's where I, I look at that element of it. And I'm like, OK, I don't know that I'm being entertained, but I have to watch it because I review it. So I have to stick with it through the end. And I'm, I'm mm -hmm. really not entirely and i think i i even wrote in my review this week i was like okay we've kind of been doing the same thing for a while now maybe we should do something else they keep making the same mistakes other people are figuring things out so maybe we should figure things out and move the story this way which is interesting because we watch the walking dead and we've had those ebbs and flows within the seasons too oh yeah <laughs> like you know maybe right now ish i go back to did it entertain me but that doesn't mean that it was perfect. There's elements. It's it's layered. So I, I refer to like a Reddit post that I actually kind of just brought up on, I don't know what I was covering at the time. It's starting to meld together, all these recordings. <laughs> I don't know when I said this, but it was, or actually, no, I was, sorry, just read it today. It wasn't recording at all. But the Redditor had said the Walking Dead season 11 to them felt off because, you know, because Rick wasn't on the show. The events of the comic don't match up with what's going on now. He feels like there's nothing that's really tying everybody together. Everybody seems scattered. There's no real leadership. I, I disagreed with a little bit of this. Okay. But at the same time, I felt like what they were saying followed one into the other, meaning because there's no, I don't know, central leadership or there's no everybody kind of seems all over the place. There's almost as if there's anthology storytelling going on in this, in this specific season, which is not a bad thing for them at this mm -hmm. point, because there's something to be said about pairing certain, like, I kind of like what they did with Fear of the Walking Dead, but they kind of pairing certain people together, like Virgil and Connie, and, uh, and like Daryl and Leah, in, in staying on them and seeing what happens and finding the similarities and seeing the differences and looking at the conflict of a character that's new, mm -hmm. which you don't think that, first of all, that you're gonna get in the final season, like a character that we can actually glom onto and then like them, mm -hmm. which most of us did. As a person, like, I wanna see more from them. A new character? Yeah, a new character. On The Walking Dead? Yeah, how long has that been? 11, 11 seasons almost, yeah, yeah. wow. And so I, I, I like that piece of it and I like what they're trying to build and maybe this is the same effect that maybe we're walking into this 10 seasons in plus having this preconceived notion, oh, it's got to be a banger. It's got to be all at once. We got to have this kind of like our perceptions of seasons four through six-ish. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what we're walking in with. And maybe we ought to just see what the long game is here since we do have 24 episodes to tell that tale. Right. Finally, like most other like WB shows have 24 episodes to play with. But uh, I, I, yeah, maybe it, maybe, maybe it is us. Because I, I feel the same way that you do. I, I am entertained. Mm-hmm. Something does feel a little bit missing, but I, I attributed that to like, and, and now I'm seeing it on the other shows, just the utter <laughs> misery and despair that is being exhibited by and experienced by all the characters in the different ways that they handle it, sure, but just overall misery everywhere. Right. It, it, Fear of the Walking Dead. <laughs> I don't know about Walking Dead World Beyond as much, but it, I like that they touched on it here and there. Like, oh, this mm -hmm. is how bad it is. Oh, it's worse than you think. But you know, how much are they going to show? considering maybe the audience they're trying to reach. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if they want to dig deep in the... But they touched on it a little bit. But then going back to The Walking Dead, it's always been torture porn. <laughs> I <laughs> yes. think yes. a little bit. This doesn't deviate from the norm, but there is a growing sentiment within the audience and even within my own little circle of hosts where, okay, I just want my good guys to be good and want my bad guys to be bad, which is why some of them really like Evil Strand. But then it goes deeper than that. People are wanting to see the, the payoffs, finally. Mm -hmm. 
I'm glad we're not seeing that now. And I kind of knew they would keep rolling with this despair because of what we all kind of know, even if we didn't read the comics. The Commonwealth is on the horizon. Mm-hmm. That's coming. If you, if you heard about the comic books, even tangentially, you know that that's how they get saved, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. You know, And then with all those existential dilemmas that arise even after being saved, which I love. I love, I love it when you're backed into a corner and, and forced to agree, because I would never agree to it in reality. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like being forced into a corner. But when you hear about the Commonwealth and how they operate and how you're forced to accept this, and we are seeing it a little bit with the CRM as well. Mm-hmm. And I often bring up that question in comparison to the Commonwealth. I'm like, well, guys, I think you're, you may, we may have to be okay with all this cuckoo banana stuff that's happening on this end. The means to the end, because they're backing, they're making themselves out to be this, to be the only way out. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do? Do you expose the whole thing and have everything tumble down? Right. Or do you take it because humanity needs to survive somehow? Just JSS on the larger scale. <laughs> JSS CRM. <laughs> Who would have ever thought those words would have come out of my mouth? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I love, I love playing with that because I guess that's where we part ways sometimes because as much as you don't like to be confronted with, with these, these batting away these existential <laughs> philosophical dilemmas. I like it when the audit when well, hopefully they don't they, they don't do it in a punishing just to do it sort of way. There's mm-hmm. a bit of a buildup, but I like being pushed into like, oh wait, what would I do? What do I think? I like when they can make you have to stop and think about what you would choose. Oh yeah, because I'm prepping people. I'm saying, guys, they're gonna give you a situation you think you have an answer to. Oh, I would tell the truth. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> But see, the, I think the key there, that's what I'm not seeing with Why the Last Man, is I'm still not at the point, I'm still at this point where I'm searching for, I, I had those existential questions in the first episode, and I was like, okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. And now we're like seven episodes in, and I'm like, okay, I still don't have any more sense of where we are. But yeah. The Walking Dead, that's what I love about it, is that it does make you think, and it does challenge, you know, and I, I, with fear especially. I mean, they really played with that, you know, can you live a good life in the middle of the apocalypse you know would you do the right thing you know does it matter if you do the right thing that's what i love about that and i love oh, yeah. the, the youthful uh idealism that the kids had in world beyond you know that that was that was the whole premise of showing them out in this on this journey is that they still had that and no one else in this world does so to put them you know it's like almost like uh you know like star trek you know like you beam them into a situation because they're total fish out of water, even though they've been 10 years in this this situation. So I totally see where you're going. Like time capsules. Yeah, no, oh but that's what makes it so interesting because you're seeing how that plays out. Some people don't want to see that, but some people are really intrigued by it. I was intrigued by it. So I, I, I enjoy that part of the journey, seeing how they figure, you know, how do you, how do you figure this out? How do you figure out, solve these problems? Because you've never had to. It's not that simple. Just imagine... Elton and Judith. Like, Judith would be like, what the hell are you talking about? She grew up in the middle of this, whereas Elton is more, you know, he's more of a Eugene. Like, he's kind of trying to figure things out on an on a intellectual level and not so much a conceptual, you know, practical level. I, I see that, that layer to it. And yet somehow, in the back of my mind, my little feelers kind of go, I think somehow they would meet in the middle because Judith has always been kind of 
the one to to think in a sort of optimistic way. Well, that's, hopefully, yeah, which is why I'd see the meet in the middle generation thing. I mean, that that could be the new. You know, if you took every kid from you know from Charlie. I mean, I think I think Dakota would have been an interesting addition to that. Charlie and Dakota both killed people who were beloved yeah. by this group. One was embraced, and the other one was vilified. You know, how do you sort that out in your head? Take them, take, you know, take Grace, take Char- take um, Judith, take all of these kids, you know, RJ, everybody. And then you add Carl. the world beyond kids and you put them in a room. I think they could be a really formidable force. You know, I mean, I haven't read all the comics, so I've read Same. the last couple. <laughs> and I, you know, because I wanted to see like when the final issue came out, I wanted to see how it ended. That's one of the things that kind of draws me to fear and to world beyond is that because I was running Undead Walking, like people would message the account and they're like, if I posed, uh, you know, who do you think is going to be on a pike? You know, I would get a dozen messages saying, well, obviously it's going to be X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, well, what? Because of the comic or, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe it won't be though. And so, you know, the fact that Ezekiel's still alive is like, well, he didn't die. So now we get to, to see what happens. So I've had people like spoiling these moments for a while now. So I appreciate that there's no roadmap. You know, I, I and I appreciate yeah. that about the stories that they've had in 11A so far is that, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of them don't have a roadmap and you don't know how this is going to turn out. And it could go in, in a number of different ways. And, and I appreciate that. I think in terms of the structure, though, the thing that was was challenging is that it wasn't a pure anthology format. So there were the four stories and we followed those four stories. And then after eight episodes, like we still don't have food in Alexandria. Maggie is just now getting to Meridian. The thing with Daryl and Leah just happened. And, you know, I, I really wanted to see what was going on in Commonwealth, but we really we never really got to see it. And so then yeah. the high point became having Connie's story because it was just so different and so off the wall. And you're like, wow, this is great. And we got to spend so much time with it that it felt complete. And I feel like even though we've spent eight episodes with these characters, nothing feels complete because it's just been, you know, snippets trying to, you know, again, trying to work in all of these stories together in a format, you know, so that's, that's why I look at, I look at fear. I look at season six and season seven and I'm like, you feel a lot more complete, you know, when an episode is over, you're like, okay, a story was just told. Right. There there was a beginning and there was an end possibly. And and maybe a continuation later. Yeah. and, And so you've got like this overarching story and so everything fits within that, but you, you're focusing on the moment. It doesn't feel so rushed, I guess, is the, the key to that. With 11A, I was like, I like it. It felt rushed. I still don't feel like it got where I needed it to go or thought it was going to. I don't want to say thought because I had no foresight of where it was going, but it just felt like we never really got anywhere. Yeah. I mean, well, especially with the Commonwealth thread, because mm-hmm. you're getting them in, in these dribs and drabs that happen to be, you know, they're saturated with content. Oh, right? absolutely. And well, especially the one, the, the episode prior, 1107, finally, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of this behind this cloaked veil of, oh, what is this like? You not only finally get in, you get in a little deeper and then you see the the weirdness that's going on in this community how how insular they are or insulated they are from the outside world to the point where such and such things happen but i think that's why i actually liked the 11a finale because we got to focus on one thing Mm -hmm. not go back to the other storylines let's just explore this thing and there's stuff going on at alexandria oh that's cute though let's go back to the reapers again and so we got to kind of stick to one storyline. And then, and I think that's kind of like why I'm enjoying all of that. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, this is my value brain is like, okay, I see what they're doing here. Everything is miserable. Everything is horrible. Much more horrible than we ever thought. That we, I mean, Maggie's stories, thing, the ferals, that's the state of the world. That mm-hmm. it, kill or be killed. Kill everything in sight. <laughs> 
wow, okay, that is totally not how we came into this. Maybe a little shame in there, but then we thought he was crazy. And yet he was kind of ahead of his time, right? <laughs> in a sense. Right. But then going back to, to 1108, I like that we got to stick around. I like to see how these two values will sometimes collide. And at the same time, even watching Daryl kill that other Reaper on the roof right away. But wait, aren't you do the, doing the same, same thing that they're doing? Didn't you? You didn't give that Reaper a chance, which is the reason why Aaliyah kind of goes against them, which it's kind of like, okay, we're doing this again. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm pissed off. I'm like, I like this. Yeah. But Daryl, I just want Daryl. This is the other side of me, like that one little bit of me. Like, I'm not a big Daryl fan. I never was. And all of a sudden I find myself going, I think I just want him to be happy in a way. <laughs> I just, it, I, and he's not setting himself up to be like personally happy, not mm -hmm. like, not like personally fulfilled. No, right. I, like be happy with someone, be happy doing his own thing, have sort of fulfillment that's outside of helping someone else to be happy or safe. Yeah. We've been talking about that a little bit now, finally. And me actually giving a damn, <laughs> which is weird. I love when a show can get me to, to feel these things that I didn't feel before for this character mm -hmm. for like 10 seasons, 10 a little bit. That's actually when I started. But all of this to say... I see what they're trying to do here. Mm -hmm. It's similar to the first episode of Walk Into World Beyond uh, for season two, where there's a slow burn and a setup, and it's not the banger of a, of a season premiere that you ought to get, right? But, but I said, oh, guys, take all of this in because it's going to go downhill from here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the whole first part of 11A is because I think what we're going to get is more than we bargained for for the rest of season 11, in my opinion. Right. Because... It has to happen as a matter of course. You could even compare what's going on in 11A in the entire first episode of Fear the Walking Dead season seven. Mm -hmm. You've got to have the impact of misery. You have to have the impact of solitude as, as far as Fear the Walking Dead goes. But in this episode, how bad things are. Oh, Duncan can't throw his whole weight behind the door because he's hungry. And if you spend all your energy, you can't kill walkers later. There is a fuel system inside our bodies, guys. <laughs> It's things like that where like, oh, I get this. I, I know why they're not doing the thing that makes everybody angry that they're not doing. It's because the situation is that bad. And then the latter two thirds come in and either we see things pick up again, which is seems likely, mm -hmm. or things will at least change. Right. Dramatically. I hope. <laughs> we said that in season eight. Didn't happen till the end. Look, are they going to make the same mistake twice? I don't think so. Yeah. And I like, I like that I don't know where this is going to go next to your point. I like that there's no roadmap. I like that they're in the same spot I am, which is kind of like what I liked about The Walking Dead to begin with, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Decisions made like not to cut off Rick's hand. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, even to the point where you kill off Carl, in some senses, I didn't have a reaction to that because I wasn't terribly attached to Carl in the sense where I knew him from the comic book. He was supposed to be there at the end. Mm -hmm. Like, well, okay, that's interesting. You're taking some chances here. You killed off Dale. I mean, obviously, Damon wanted to leave the show, but still, at the same time, I, I like that they turn these behind-the-scenes controversies into opportunities. Right. Season 9 is a big example of that, with, with uh, Andrew Lincoln leaving the, show, leaving the show. And then taking that to this Redditor's point earlier, mm -hmm. taking that and saying, I, I like that there's no central leadership. I like that, that we're not looking at Rick again you know, in the face and going, Rick, we're hungry. <laughs> like, putting it all on him and right. it being like the savior war again. And us kind of going, hey, Rick, when is the upswing coming? Because yeah. I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and it's so true because that is the kind of danger that you face with having a roadmap. Kind of going back to what we talked about in the beginning about the moment when Kirkman went to Amazon. And, you know, you start to see a lot more of these, these deviations forming 
at that, I forget, I, I want to say it's like 2017, but maybe 2018. But like, when you think of all of the things that happened since then, it's so hard because you have to somehow service the fans of the comics and then the fans, because Adam, who's a you know, frequent guest on, on my podcast, everything is about the comics. Like that's that's how he got into the show is because of the comics. Whereas I'm, I stayed away from the comics because I didn't want to know what was happening. Yes, like, as soon as, you know, and, and so for me, it's a very different way of watching the show. And that's where you run into things, you know, when people talk about, well, that's canon. And it's like, okay, well, show canon or comics canon. And, and you know, they're very different from each other. And, and so that's what makes it really interesting to see that you can you can have those deviations. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of holding out that they don't have anything like what we would expect but i feel like oh, yeah. they have to because you know there's this group of fans that are going to be like well you know we needed to have now i guess it would be judith you know telling the story to her kid yeah that's <laughs> grandma judith even who, yeah i mean like let's, let's it's, go further so it's it's so but it's so hard to figure out when you're this far in do you really want to know what's coming and you know how do you keep it fresh and so i feel like they had the ability to do that with you know with this reaper storyline which we were talking in our last episode we were talking about how the pandemic episode where the guy blew himself up grenade Hope aren't you. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Oh, I'll spare you my impression. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, the, the logistics aside, that yeah, was such yeah. a high watermark for this character. You're like, what the, what just happened? You know, and so in some ways it kind of went down from there because they never went back to, like, even though Pope showed that brutality, it started to become more of like, well, he's just crazy. And that's, you know, we've seen, we've seen that. But how did this guy blow himself up? Like, why did his guy blow himself up? I could see Pope blowing his own guy up. But I, like, why did that guy do that? We never really saw that element of the Reapers, but I, I actually had high hopes that Leah would somehow agree to come back with Daryl. I thought that would be a really fascinating thing, yeah. which, yeah. you know, not from a, you know, I'm, I'm always so careful to say, like, not from a shipping standpoint, but just right. because where he is right now and where, you know, where Carol is right now and where he is with everybody else, he needs someone like Leah to do something for him. I don't know what it is. He's not going to lean on Carol for it. She's doing her own thing and he's respecting that. So to get whatever it is, if he needs a kick in the ass or if he needs, you know, someone, you know, to go off and do stuff with, maybe that would have been her and that would have been an interesting element. Well, kind of like in, in like the way Maggie and Glenn were, how they played off of each other, their I banter. Know. Even though they were lovers at one point, like it okay. almost could go back to them or it could be like them being... I don't want to say siblings because you know i don't want to get into like the whole you know shipping thing yeah but the opposite of the shipping they, thing like, have, like she could be the way he was with rick i guess like she's capable of keeping up with him she he doesn't have to hold back which carol is too but carol is not there right now carol right. needs to do her own thing daryl needs someone in his life doing something else and so they could go off and they could go fight people together right now and he could just keep going so I was kind of bummed out that, you know, that it ended up the way it did, but I think it's going to be an interesting, like, I don't want her to become a throwaway character, kind of like, oh, Pope, because Pope could have stuck around for, I, I would have loved to have seen Negan and Pope. I would have loved uh, I, 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 I just want to see Richie Coster play. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see the devil dance because I, I love his acting. Mm. I mean, I saw him in Happy and, and he does all these different voices and characters yeah. and he leans into certain, and he's this intensity, which you kind of see on the show, mm -hmm. but it, if you've watched Happy, it is just a whole other level. Oh, yeah. Uh, happy on sci-fi for those who are listening. I just highly encourage you to see him in other projects. I, I don't know if this is true, obviously, but I feel like The Walking Dead almost caged him in a way. Mm -hmm. Not because we didn't know the outcome, but now we do. But I think also like, okay, you're here to play this role. This is who you are. 
and this is all there is to you. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing grander. Even though you could feel him try to act out outward and not be contained, he was contained. Yeah. <laughs> so this is all there was going to be to it. So I kind of wanted. I did want to kind of see more of that flex mm-hmm. that he can. Yeah, you know, that flex of his acting muscles and see where this could have gone. But I'm okay. But this is again, we're walking into preconceived notions of who this person is, this right. actor. Right. And so I have to dial it. I know I have to dial it down now. But now going back to Leah, talk about slow burn. At first you're saying, who is this person? Why is she here? I don't know if I like this. And then all of a sudden, over the course of several episodes where you're seeing the game of racquetball that mm-hmm. Daryl and Leah are playing, like, oh, she, she kind of, I think she knows he's lying. And you get that kind of confirmed in, in, in this finale here. She kind of just says, I, I wanted to believe you. Mm-hmm. I really, really did want to believe you. Like, it's like you could tell in the instance where, um, where Daryl and Frost are in the cages, I think it was the second episode, third episode. No, it was the third episode, I think, or something. And Daryl's like telling her, I don't, I don't know those people. He's like, you're just lying. Why yeah. are you lying? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, she's saying it. I was like, okay, well, I guess we're waterboarding some more. And then eventually you, you see her wanting to believe him, mm. you know, whatever the course of actions that take. And then you see this final episode, she really feels betrayed. And then you're kind of like, I think I agree with her. I think <laughs> if I was her, I'd feel pretty betrayed too, again. Right. Because <laughs> we got to see it. We had the luxury of seeing that that uh, bonus episode and knowing that he did the same thing sort of twice. <laughs> it was a little too late, Daryl. So like within this, you know, try to trying to get the slow burn of I am entertained, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for season 11 thus far, but there is a, an element of slow burn. But then I reach into the bonus episodes and I say, oh, wait, but I got to watch this character over time and see mm-hmm. how they've changed and see who they've sort of become, but who they might have been before, who they could be, mm-hmm. and what and how that comes out. So, Because that's what gets me excited when I see Leah. I say, they better not make this a throwaway character. And I think we kind of confirmed in, in the, the episode we just played now when we're talking about this that, oh, she's going to come back. She came back for at least filming. Yeah. So we know there's, there's something going on here. There's something's happening here. And I don't know about you, but the overall reception towards Leah, let's put the, put the shippers in the corner over there. Let's, <laughs> like the overall reception that I've been seeing is that people have been like, yeah, I think I, I like Leah. Yeah. I think I really do like her. She's layered. She has some really yeah. interesting layers. I remember talking to Lynn before, uh, or right before rendition, and we were talking about how oh, wow. that scene when Pope throws the guy into the fire. The visceral reaction is to like jump up and then they all school themselves and they sit back down. When you think of her and you think of, you know, that she is now the one who killed the Pope. So looking back at that moment, all of these terrible things that Pope has done, clearly he's had this very Machiavellian approach to his people. There's a reason that they haven't done this sooner. Begs the question, why did she do it now? And and we can assume it's because of Daryl. But what's interesting is we were talking about how these are the people when she was talking to Daryl back in the cabin, she was like, my family is coming back. You know, these are the people that I, I knew and, and there's all, there's still all these questions. I mean, there's still a lot of things that don't really make sense about where she left off. You know, why did dog not go? And there's a, there's a bunch of mystery. Yeah, that, that whole other question. Yeah, there's a bunch <laughs> of... pisses of, me of, off for some reason. <laughs> but six years have passed and like she went yeah. back to these people. These are the people that she had run from or left, or, you know, however that ended, however she ended up in the cabin, these are the people she had been with before. Now she's back with them, and this is all kind of played out, and now she kills Pope, but now she kills Pope, and so then you have to wonder, is it because of the power? Like, now is she like, okay, well, now I'm going to be this person, and I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z, but I am going to tell you to get the hell out of here, and, you know, like, that's what makes her such a, a really compelling character. There's so many moments where she could have done that, but she didn't. And it's like almost like she needed Daryl 
to give her a reason to do it, but then shift the blame so she could step into that role. It's like he mm-hmm. gave rise to this new villain by virtue of being there and being the scapegoat. Yeah, and and now the only reason why I think that kind of makes sense is something that we kind of brought up because we we're trying to piece together what this is before we stepped into season eleven completely. When we were analyzing Find Me, I was saying what happened here. Did somebody break in and kidnap her? There's no sign of her. There's no blood. There's, and then when you get to season 11, you realize what happened. Like, oh, she broke shit. She was so mad at him. She broke shit. She left in anger. And then you realize what happened here. And I think a little of that, well, kind of like what you said, there is a bit of that temperedness to her anger, at least in the reaction to what his betrayal was. Mm-hmm. But it's still acting out of anger. Oh, hey. Dixon killed Pope. And so and so it's yeah. kind of like, I don't know that she realized what she had done in that instance. I don't know that she grabbed power intentionally. I think it was kind of one of those things where like, there's a little bit of that. I'm trying to make it so that I'm taking care of my family in the best way possible to, to cover all the bases in this scenario. Okay, if I tell them, Daryl, if I tell them I did it, would they look at me as leader? Mm-hmm. How would they perceive me? If I tell them Daryl did it, First of all, fuck that guy. <laughs> second of all, because he's an asshole. Um, second of all, then, okay, now we're all on the same side looking at an enemy, which is a negative, but I'm willing to go for it because fuck that guy. <laughs> Again, fuck that guy. But the whole other side of that equation, something that just goes beyond these two sides is, well, heavy is the head, right? What did Pope feel like he had to become mm-hmm. to lead, right? right? And now Lee is going to experience that. And that in some senses, the ideology will take over and she will either have to go with the flow or probably die not going with the flow. Like, meaning they are still attached to the ideology that is Pope. And so how do you go against that? How do you go against an idea? It's like the Batman. It's like, how do you go against like a concept? Right. Which is, it's challenging because we already know that she did spare that father and son. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So she has these moments, you know, and she did break down to Daryl outside the cell like telling him what was going on you know which is interesting because if you think of of the juxtaposition of negan telling maggie like hey you have to make really difficult decisions as a leader and my mistake was not killing you that to me because i was a political science major so that to me was just like candy because i was like yes like you're not saying this out of malice you're saying this because that's what it takes so then you parallel that with leah and you think okay well either this was something they all wanted but nobody had the courage to do for some reason. It took me a while to figure this out, but I kind of started to see Pope as like the Mandarin from Iron Man. <laughs> like the voice, everything. Like Ben Kingsley? Yeah. It was also just, English. <laughs> it was so like over the top, you know? It was like yeah. Apocalypse Now. It was, you know, like Heart of Darkness. Like you just get this sense of like, this guy is bigger than this person. Than a person, right. I called him a, a phantasm from an earlier era. Yeah, like, like, this is, it, I, I applied it to the Reapers, but mostly Pope. Mm-hmm. That they were, these were these phantasms that died before the apocalypse, mm-hmm. but wafted in yeah. and somehow made residents and then become terrors right. in, in this universe. And so you want to say, are they really people? But they are. And so I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out that, that you can hum- Because this is a big debate in, in the, the, one, the episode we just dropped. We, we said, okay, if the Commonwealth came to them and said, hey, here's toilet paper, <laughs> would they join? And then we almost had to forcibly say, I mean, I, sorry, I had to almost forcibly contend with the idea that, no, this was their way of life before the apocalypse. They were getting money from it. They're getting all these riches from being mercs. Right. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, okay, does that stop? 
was it really about making the money? No, it was about doing something and maybe even going beyond the constraints of the U.S. government. It, it, it's the ability to quell, you know, it, in the name of God, let's say. Right. Let's just throw that out there, 42 salutis. So what makes you think, Dave, that they would ever stop? This is a lifestyle choice. This isn't a means justify the ends thing. No, they're getting messages. They're tuning into a different frequency. Right. And so I have to grapple with that as a person who is trying to study human nature mm -hmm. and and say oh but guys everybody has a has an off switch right <laughs> right and so maybe rachel is right in the sense that rachel was the one who said on our podcast was uh i just want my bad guys to be bad guys mm -hmm. but then it always brings him back to leah would you say the same thing about leah and i like this spot that we're in because you want to say no, it's Leah, for goodness sake. We got to get to know her after a couple of episodes, finally. But then the other side is you're like, okay, are the phantasms going to possess her? Right. You know, is it going to be too big? Like you said, like it's almost as Pope embodied this idea of who they were as an ideology. Mm. He was just a larger than life. It was just, you're not dealing with a person. You're dealing with an idea that manifests. Right. <laughs> well, and that's it's so hard because you don't really know you never get that sense of where she actually is or where anybody is yeah, you, could, yeah. you could make the argument that maybe they don't feel like whatever it is that pope was preaching is what they it's just they fell into that just you know going back to what makes you put on a skin mask and follow this woman who tells you like you can't have a name anymore there's something about it that charismatic leader maybe they don't believe in that and maybe leah was the one to say you know what I'm done. And he just gave me the perfect opportunity to put an end to this madness. And again, going back to that reaction, they were ready to jump up and help the guy in the fire. And then they all sat back down. Like they all that started subtle active choice. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they knew they could not do anything in that moment, but they, they were poised to, and then they reeled it back in. So to tamp down your own human nature in a sense. Right. 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 And what, do, what does that take? The fear of this guy. I mean, you know, and that's part of the, the, you know, you have to kind of detach from reality because, you know, so many of these leader, these leaders in The Walking Dead are so much larger than life, but you could just put a bullet in their head and it's done. So, you know, so how do you follow the governor knowing that he's batshit crazy? How do you follow Negan knowing that he has these rules? I mean, all of these villains lately kind of make Negan look less villainy. Benevolent. Yeah. I mean, he had a set of rules that nobody else seems to have. Like, Pope was like, oh, you know, I'm going to kill you. Oh, God God said, though. Yeah. That's why yeah. I'm doing well, and, it. And that's so. what makes it so... I don't want to say it makes it... Unpredictable. Bad, but, you know, it, 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 that's, those are the kind of leaders that you don't want to have. You know, that, the, again, like, that's why the governor, like, it was just at a whim. And when you have yeah. those kinds of leaders where it's like, oh, well, I feel like, I mean, and, and Alpha was more like Negan in this sense. She had a, a set of rules. If you broke the rules, you paid. But I feel like everybody knew what the rules were. But when you have God in your ear telling you like, hey, this is how I want it. You're whispering in your ear. Yeah, yeah. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't end well for anybody. Something you'd said just now really piqued my interest. I was, I was actually trying to look at things a different way because I had said these are these are basically phantasms, mm -hmm. if, you, if you think about it a, a certain way. But then I wonder if they're all Leah's ghosts. Something that we say often on the podcast is The Walking Dead is, and this is, I mean, obviously people know this, but like I distill it in the sense where oh, The Walking Dead allows you to be the, the ideal self, the, the self that you were meant to be, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully. And hopefully that's a good thing, but <laughs> sometimes it's not. But what if, and there are car characters in the universe who waft into the apocalypse, try to stay the same way they are, the same way that they were, and it doesn't quite work out for them. But in the meantime, 
crazy stuff happens, right? Mm -hmm. Alexandrians are a great example of this, but you could compare this to also John Dory. John Dory wafted in the apocalypse and said, hey, I'm the same guy. I just do Mm -hmm. the thing I did on weekends, pew pew. Which is kind of like why seeing him die was kind of like a thing, a message to me, hey, look at what happened throughout this entire arc. Mm -hmm. Oh, he didn't really become that ideal self as much. He just was himself, you know, just the entire time. Mm -hmm. Then we, we transpose that to Leah though, she was too until she met Daryl. Mm-hmm. And then she figured out she could be something else. Mm-hmm. She could not be... Oh, I mean, maybe she was doing that already in the cabin, but then you take that extra step of saying, but maybe I could be happy. Right. And I was trying to be happy until that dick walked out, yeah. <laughs> walked out on me. And this brings up a bigger conversation about relationships in the apocalypse and all that. Well, it's a big conversation. Don't want to bring it up. <laughs> it didn't end well. But the point is, is that, but maybe these are Leah's ghosts. I always play the game of like, are these people real? Is this person real? Like you could play the game of is was Brandon real, right? Mm-hmm. Brandon's Negan's little disciple, a, a savior son, or savior daughter, son, whatever. Is he real? Mm-hmm. Is this just a manifestation that last tooth to pull? That connection to the saviors, right? right? I, I do that because with the Reapers just kind of look like they do literally look like ghosts, mm-hmm. terrifying phantoms. And Leah seems to, to be the only one who we can connect with, that we have a sort of almost kinship with. Like, okay, I, you, we could have been friends, but you've got all these spirits attached to you, this mm-hmm. negative energy, as the you know some people will say. And it feels like, yeah, what what are you holding on to there? What is this old life that you're holding on to, and why? And I get it because these were her family. Right. But, you know, after a while, I just kind of kick him out of bed and say, hey, I got mom and dad. I want to move out and <laughs> be on my own. I like to see things that way because then, first of all, it makes it a little more exciting. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't throw away her character. Yeah. Because I can see this going somewhere. I can also see her being dragged down to the depths of hell by these phantasms, being swallowed up by the ideology mm-hmm. and it being very sad. And then you get to see how that, how Daryl reacts to that. Right. Right. Because right. he's seen this happen. He's seen relationships fall apart. Either way you slice it, you're going to like what you get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many different possibilities. And, and you know, I love the, you know, describing her as, as a phantasm because these people have existed outside of the normal rules for so long. Like that's how yeah. they function. But in a way, it reminds me, I don't know if you've seen this episode, the classic episode of the Twilight Zone with the mannequins, you know, where oh, they... Yeah. For one month, like, you know, one goes off and lives as a human being. And then and then she forgets that she's a mannequin. And then she has to come back to this world. And Leah is kind of like that. Like, if, if yeah. she could have stayed <sighs> in that cabin, she had found a bubble, like a utopia, in, you know, in, in her world. It was her personal utopia where she could be anyone she wanted to be, whoever showed up. She started out as a badass because you can't trust anyone in the apocalypse. So she had to be the person she was when Daryl showed up just for her own protection. But she chose to open herself up and then, you know, so, but she was in this little bubble where she could be whoever she wanted to be. And then she had to go back to the mannequin people, you know, like that. She had to go back to that. And so it makes me wonder, could she have gone back to that? Could you do it twice? Could you find that moment twice? And I don't, I don't know that she could ignore it. And I don't know that she could deny it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You know, and at that point, I mean, you know, there's also the issue of, of she's killed people that Daryl's friend, I mean, there, there's also that danger. That, you know, that so element of, yeah, you killed all of Maggie's people, right, too, which, which is something we have, can't forget about. Yeah. Right, and so there's also that, you know, can you actually come back from that? You know, and like we said, we, we were just, you know, people like Charlie on or Fear. Is, or Victor. Yeah, well, <laughs> okay. but, but like you have these, so you there are yeah. characters who, or, or even Carl, when he killed that yeah. guy. Oh, you know, yeah. There, are, there have been moments where, or Iris killing the soldier. 
there are these moments when people have crossed lines. The difference is, is that they weren't people that anybody cared about. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, yeah. none of these people, except for Nick and, and Charlie, that's what made that such an interesting story. In context, it worked because she felt like she had lost her family. So Similar, yeah. Leah could say, well, I killed your people because they were trying to kill my people. So, yep. you know, can you go back? Could she become a Charlie and be welcomed into the group? Or is she too realistic? And like, you know, hey, there's no going back from this, so I have to take a stand. It makes it an interesting dilemma, and I think it's certainly going to play out. You know, it will play out in the next second, you know, the second set of episodes. But I, I think the fact that we don't have any basis for this, this is a completely new story. I think that's what makes it so exciting because this, I feel, is going to be what sets the stage for the spinoff. And that's why I'm so interested in how it plays out because that she will have a huge impact on, on Daryl's mental state heading into that. We were all on the same page as well. We we're like saying, yeah, this is the first, well, I don't know about the first step, but this is one of the big blocks, the keystone, maybe even the keystone block that kind of sets things in motion. Maybe it's the first one, yeah. The big stumbling block that, that lays out the spinoff. Something that you'd said actually made me think, it was like, okay, yeah, the, the cabin that she was in was a lot like the mannequin episode, like the opportunity to become a person, right? Mm -hmm. But what if, if you flipped it on its head, mm -hmm. what if she's choosing to become a mannequin? And that's kind of, because the Walking Dead universe is the, like I said, the, the place where you can be your idealized self. Mm -hmm. Could be this way if you just allow it to be this way. But her instincts to return is something that most of us completely understand when you're in an unfamiliar space, mm -hmm. when you are doing things that you're not used to doing, it, the world seems a little bit scary. So, and you do want to go back to the, ironically, devil you know. I mean, mm -hmm. you do want to go into a, a space where that you can occupy that you're familiar with. Right. The old couch you loved sitting on and sleeping on when you were sick, that, that idea of familiarity. And when you lose somebody who you thought could have been that opportunity mm -hmm. when you put all those eggs in the Daryl basket and the Daryl goes, Nabby, no, yeah. see ya, bye. And then you're like, Daryl Dixon, woo! And then you run off and you go back to that familiar. I can see how hard it would be to, to, to believe that the outside world, outside your bubble is real life. Mm -hmm. Do you, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. it's, it's, the, it is, it's the reversal of what the analogy you're thinking. And I, it, it, that's, and I, cause that's why I was like thinking, why am I so sad at the possibility of Leah, of Leah dying? Mm -hmm. And I said, that's what's so sad about it is that the, the whole outside world was her oyster. You could have, you could have stepped away from this anytime, but the, the second we start killing our brothers, the, our phantasms, you know, like oh, the things that we were attached to, our familiarity, the second you start doing that, that's when you, it's like chipping away at your own narcissism, right? Like yeah. when somebody says something about you that you don't believe and I don't like what you just said, even though you're probably right, you know, it challenges you. And, and so when Daryl attacks, attacks her family, it's, it's almost over yeah. in an instant. It's like, there's no way, oh, everything I thought could be with this guy is mm -hmm. done because he attacked the very foundation of which I was built, you know? So how do you go back from that, right? How do you, how do you move on past that point? And, but then maybe they could. Why does it have to turn out the way we always think it's going to? So well, I like to see where this could go. Yeah, and, and we've seen it so often. I mean, like you mentioned Brandon, and but you think about the, the kid, the mom and the kid that Negan ran into, you know, with Brandon. And you think, like, what could have happened with that? If that had, you know, like, he got to present himself as a certain person in that moment. Or you think of uh, the governor when he was, you know, 
off being completely different. That's you know perfect. Yeah. But the, we so we've seen different ways of of presenting that, and it never quite you know with Negan, it almost could have worked if not for Brandon with the governor, who, who isn't real. I'm kidding. kidding, kidding. <laughs> but but you, you, I mean it's the same. It's it's the same idea. Like yeah. we yeah. you see that with with the governor where he he couldn't let go. So he is more probably like Leah than you know Negan in that sense because mm. he couldn't let go of the past. There was a moment when he. He was on the border, but he wasn't, it just kept eating at him and eating at him until he finally was like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to go out there and we're going to wage this war. And everybody's like, what, what? Right. Until you realize that's always who he's been. And that's the thing. That's what really gets me. It's like he tried to, again, like kind of like what you're saying is I think he was trying to embrace his old self. It's like, well, this self didn't work. I lost the community with this idealized self. What was I thinking? Mm -hmm. Let's go back to vanilla Philip, right? Let's go back to vanilla Philip. Who's probably a paper pusher, probably a mailman. I, I don't know. Remember if, if if he said who he was, insurance adjuster. I can't remember oh, exactly something what very, it was. Very, very normal. Menial, right yeah. Yeah. Say, like, oh, okay, let's be that guy. Oh, let's. You know, I had a tragedy. I had a community, and you know, whatever. Let's just call me Philip. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And then the Walking Dead wouldn't let him be mm-hmm. that person. No, it's too late. You are your idealized self. Embrace it. Be your best self. Right. <laughs> so go ahead. And so, but then I wonder about, it brings us back to Leah. It's like, I wonder what that is. I mm-hmm. wonder if the walking dead won't let her be the phantasm or let her succumb to the phantasmism mm-hmm. <laughs> or does the walking dead bring her into the universe despite herself, albeit probably too late. Like yeah. it, she could be the, I love Daryl. Maybe not. Maybe who knows? Or the person who thinks the thinks she can have a life in this world. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the walking dead universe decides to manifest that if they do decide to drag her into her ideal self. I, I'm game for, and I don't, I'm liking, I'm, again, liking so much mm-hmm. how I don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. None of this is in the comic. None of this, there's no, I like it when I don't have to be tethered to what should happen. That's why I always laugh when things don't go away, go according to the comic, because I get that little chuckle, like, okay, oh, you thought you knew what was going to happen, but nope, I don't think so. <laughs> well, see, I have a theory that, because we've been talking about it on, on the podcast for a while now, about how there seemed to be something going on with Maggie and Pope. Like, they had some kind of history. So I have a feeling that maybe Leah's ability to survive in this universe is not determined by Daryl, but by Maggie, because she might have some kind of connection to what happened in whatever Maggie's past was, and that's maybe that's where it comes out. But there are these stories that haven't been fleshed out. Explored, yeah. Because there's still something in Maggie's story that I haven't been able to put my finger on but I just don't feel I feel like Negan's the one who's who's chipping away at it and like he doesn't feel like there's like she's been completely honest with everybody and that there's more to this story than she's actually you know and, and it's not to vilify Maggie but I feel like there's something there's something even though it has <laughs> well but there's something way too personal about yeah. this quest which we all know these personal quests never turn out well. Nope. But I feel like maybe that was, you know, maybe she wasn't going to have it out with Pope. Maybe it was Leah now. Like, they're setting up Leah so that when she sees, they see each other, that it's like, oh. You know, and then Daryl has to be like, oh my god, like, I've known her for years. I mean, can you imagine, like, if Leah was the one, maybe if Georgie's, like, dead? Can you imagine if Leah was the one who killed her? Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm thinking as well. And, well, you could even take Elijah's situation. Mm-hmm. The last, the la- one of the last things we saw before he they went into the conflict was he said, uh, that the one, leave, I think it was him. I keep, I didn't rewatch the episode, but he says, leave him for me or leave mm-hmm. them for me or something to that effect. 
Right. So who is that? Right. After finding out his sister's dead, who is that? Mm-hmm. Is that Pope or is it Codabilia? Maybe he didn't find out whose mask that was or who that is. And they're all, everybody looks genderless under a mask and hood. Right. So, so it could be her. And if it is her, it is very personal, mm-hmm. especially after taking care of Elijah and after, especially after losing all her people. Right, right. And then an injured Elijah is all, he's having a very bad day. Yeah. Uh, and so you wonder, you, how far is this willing to go? But then I also wonder, having seen All at War, I was there, where is the point where we have to stop? Because if it means Elijah too dies, then what was all of this for? And if it means your family dies, Leah, what was killing Pope for, if right. not to stop your family from dying? Well, you didn't I want to become the him. Well, are a finite group anyway. It's not like they're, re- I mean, yeah, they tried to recruit Daryl, but obviously there's so many trust issues. And that's what made Pope's act of throwing the guy in the fire. I mean, you don't, it's not like the saviors where there's just a bunch of people and you can put someone else in that situation. There are only so many. And so to, to see their numbers dwindling, knowing they're not able to replace them, there's only, it's only going to last so long. So are they just trying to, to hold on to that as long as possible? Or is there something else you know because maggie has something to fight for you know even if she loses everybody herschel's still back at alexandria she still has to yeah. feed her son so she's fighting for you know more of a future where it, it feels like leah's fighting for maybe the present or even or the, the past or the past yeah <laughs> yeah so it's it's her, her pa- prior pre-apocalypse att- attachments or something yeah, like that yeah. again bubble in the universe right yeah and I feel like we've asked, we've always asked the question of what if you were a soldier in the apocalypse or a prepper or somebody who was already prepared for this and moving into this apocalypse, how long could you last? And it's not just about ability. It's about mental faculty. Like, look at the ferals. It's about mental faculty. Mm-hmm. It's about what, how, what does a, a person who survives look like 10 years in? Yeah. It's not just like, this isn't a vacation, a, a walkabout that you take for, mm-hmm. you know, six months. This is real life. Yeah. This is... This is how it is. And you have, so to have it's not... something to live for or else there's no, there's no reason. I mean, you really don't see people just out there surviving for the sake of surviving. Like those are the people that you find, you know, with the gun next to their body in the cabin because they just couldn't take it anymore. Which you've seen a lot of. Yeah. yeah there have been a lot of those people. And, and so there is that, that sense that, you know, you have to have something to keep going. Right. And yet here they are. Yeah. Here those people are. Yeah. And that's who we're dealing with right now. And exactly. is it, it, is it bigger than Leah? Mm-hmm. That's going to be a big question. The thing that I love the most is, is it, let's tie our idea of Leah to the Walking Dead world beyond kids. Because if not for her experience with Daryl in that cabin, we wouldn't be able to see her in the light that we do as viewers. But also, I, I don't think she would have had the wherewithal to, to say, he's killing our family. <laughs> Pope is killing our family. Okay, also Daryl's killing our family. But Pope is killing our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's stop. Yeah, having that little bit of a respite from the ideology from the messages from God allows her, grants her the opportunity to say, maybe not, maybe not Pope, please. I don't think so. And she is pushing back. Mm -hmm. Uh, You see her pushing back to her. We're, I'm sitting there like, is this going to be her detriment? Is this, this when they, when he punches her number, you know, like, is this, is this the moment where he throws her into the fire? And it doesn't happen. And I like that it doesn't happen. It does give Pope a little bit of extra depth. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. like, oh, he kind of, he adores her. He's he's the number. She's the number one. Okay, I get it. But then also, it's like okay, you don't know what's gonna happen next. And and I like that Leah is a character that we can attach with because she is a human. Right. And she's not like these automatons. Right. And it's because of her experience with Daryl. It's because of walls or mm-hmm. you know, in the world beyond that we can actually see that. 
how do we keep talking about Leah? I, I, listen, I, I think that's why it's so great. Yeah. That you can still introduce a character in the Walking Dead no, flagship show. Absolutely. But this, this is, this is the me Leah think. episode. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I was going to say, this makes me think that we need to do this more often because we've never gotten to chat before. And now, like, it's like, well, now I want to, I have other things. We need to, like, you know, we need to keep. Uh, Imagine if I took notes for this. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> you'd, you'd be in trouble. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I think the points would be a lot more solid. <laughs> No, this is this has been fun. This has been yeah. this has been awesome. But I, I definitely think we're gonna have to do this again because I think this is a... yeah, we're we're hitting two hours. <laughs> I know, I know. Are there things that you want to see uh, coming up? Subplots that you actually can't wait to see play out? I, I guess more Commonwealth is what I got the impression of with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see more of the Commonwealth, but I'd like to see more more movement from what's going on. Like either find the food or don't find the food. Hmm. But get back. Let's wrap up all of the things and, and figure out where the next step is. And it, I mean, obviously, it looks like it's all going towards Commonwealth. So right. thanks to the teaser that teased a little too much. You know, it looks like that's that's where they're going. And, a little early. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but that's and that's that's fine. I just I, I feel like I just want to see more. I just want to see more. And, right. you know, that we're is, moving on from certain spots and in, into other realms of exactly, where we can go. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and, and like I said, I, I actually didn't have a problem. Like I, I know in our podcast we just did uh, this week, we were talking, you know, three out of four, four of us were, you know, very much not fans of what was going on. And I totally get that because it, it felt to me like it was a it would have been out, it would have been perfect in like season Four, season five like earlier on because i feel like we all have this sense of urgency only so many episodes left and we just spent eight episodes kind of doing the same thing over and over and over again with the bright point being on the inside which was a brilliant episode but yeah yeah so now i look at it and i'm like okay just anything that's not what we've been doing this whole time would be great because i really want to move on <laughs> if you could come on saturday that would be great <laughs> it's kind of like that exactly you know i I figured out a good spot to leave us off on. One of the comments in our premiere, which we just did not too long ago, two hours ago, from a user named Mario, he had said, what if they decide to really not do what transpired in the comics with the Commonwealth in light of the fact that we still have the CRM out there? What if the Commonwealth actually fall? I and that, that would, I mean, you wanted, you wanted this. You yeah. said, hey, can we just move on to the thing? And like, well, we're going to move on and maybe past it. Well, this, I think, is the, the future, right? So the Commonwealth represents the past. It represents the yeah. contracts. It represents the Kirkman era, you know, which isn't, it's not that Kirkman isn't around. It's just that AMC owns certain aspects. And I think they can say with certainty that they have now taken the CRM and taken control of the CRM. They can do what they want with it. They can't do everything they want with this, with the Commonwealth, with the freedoms. They can create a huge canvas with the CRM. And there would now, be no reason not to. Too, right. And, and right? I feel like it's a very intentional thing that they were like, hey, there's 200,000 people here. So there, there's reason, there's intentionality behind making CRM as big as they did. Yeah, as formidable and as implacable as it seems, at least to most of us, mm -hmm. that they are. Yeah. But I say in the Walking Dead world beyond, watch Open Iris. Because they seem to be moving into a space where they're refusing to see what we see because they're either it's the youth, the strength of youth to, to be able to see beyond uh -huh. their current constraints, which is I, why the title is very clever and very playful. But I contend that like if they make this move and go beyond the, the canon, the comics, comic book canon, I think they'll be moving into a space that is very exciting. Uh, I think for most people, because I think if they if they continue with the comic plot when it comes to the Commonwealth, we kind of just does we don't know what happens. It just kind of stops. 
Mm-hmm. There's nothing, there's almost, it almost ends in the thud, right? right? B- because of everything that happens. And so many questions about who takes on this person's role almost seem like inconsequential to me because some of those people aren't there. And I'm like not really interested in filling the spot with somebody else. I'm like, right. is, this, is this season 11? Is this how we're going to end off on the main show? But if we, in, in a sense, end off in a spot where, oh my God, you just literally launched a thousand different spinoffs that you could from this CRM taking over and right. not necessarily facing off with it. I say decimate the Commonwealth or decimate the past. I think that Let's would, replace it. Yeah. I think that's that. I think that's going to be the It's future. terrifying to think of. Oh yeah, what is? It is. But, but there's also, I mean, we have to embrace the Walking Dead universe without Rick Grimes. And that's the way you do it is you put, you know, put that to rest because Rick Grimes is with the CRM. This world is inconsequential to him because he's not here anymore. He's in this other place and they're going to finish that story there. Yeah. And that, that there is not the walking dead. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're not going back to this, to where we are now. So why not? I mean, I think like, I, I, I know enough to know that Michonne was supposed to have Yumiko's story. You know, if you would right. want to call it, you know, was supposed to have Ms. Hawthorne. Yeah. But I really feel like Yumiko Makes sense. Could have always had. I mean, like she is so good at this. It, it, but I say that because Michonne, as we know Michonne on the show, is not in that role. Like that doesn't make sense for her. Knowing that she was going out in the middle of the night, you know, killing walkers because she couldn't stay still. Like she was just so full of, of movement and she had to get out. She would not be happy there. She would not be happy in that situation. Yumiko, it's perfect. So let's embrace that. Let's embrace those changes and allow those things to happen so that we can have these things that, that surprise us. Yeah, it's almost as if the season 11 answers the question, maybe not in the first third, mm-hmm. but yeah. be careful what you wish for. Because mm-hmm. I think most people wish to see, aside from people who say, please, more Negan, <laughs> people, most people are like, don't care, where's Rick? Oh, you wanted Rick Grimes? This is how we get there. And it's going to be horrible, but you won't stop watching. And as I sometimes say, the Stanley Milgram experiment persists. It is like, we are going to keep making you not want to watch, but in like the best way possible. Like we're going to throw things at you and you're going to not be able to stop watching because Mm -hmm. that's who you are just as horrible as what, who we are. You know, it's like you you are the very thing that of which we are trying to portray and, and we're not any different. So lap it up dogs yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. gonna you're, you may not get what you want but you like what you get yeah as far as where crime goes you're gonna get it but it's it's gonna be hard yeah yeah no i'm i'm, I'm there for it same here <laughs> i am down and if that's really like i'm and again theory but if that's what they're doing I'm gonna enjoy every minute of this oh, yeah. <laughs> till we get till we get Rick Grimes, quote unquote. Yeah, you know, and we're like, oh, this, this is what we had to go through to get it. <laughs> okay, I'm in. I'm ready and willing to to sit back and watch, and you know, it's, it's gonna take some patience, but you know, we'll get there. I mean, it's it's <laughs> hopefully not anymore. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least we know it. It's back in February, so like we don't have to wait too long. But it's it's uh we have to wait, and it's yeah, you know, it's gonna play out. But then then again, World Beyond will be wrapped up by then, and who knows what that's gonna reveal. And how that plays into things. And we know that, you know, Angela King said they haven't finished writing the end of the season. They haven't finished working on the end of the season. So oh, right. things can change. I mean, things can happen and things can, you know, who knows? Like nothing's set in stone at this point because it's not done. Mm, yeah. Well, wow. beyond that, it's done. That, what a crazy thing to think about, too. I know. I know. But like, that, like oh, because we keep thinking, oh, the this season is dangling in front of us and well, the end is in sight. It's like, well, well, they haven't written the end, so yeah. not really. Can you imagine? <laughs> so, oh my god! Th- so that actually makes me feel a lot better in a way, because it's like, <laughs> okay, this can really go anywhere. But it's 
the end is not in sight. It's it's hasn't been written yet. So right. and then because then how do you want to springboard from that end to other things? And right. that's how we really ought to be thinking. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that that's a good spot to leave. Yeah, <laughs> I no. And I, I was just gonna say I feel like we're you know we can come back and we should talk about some other stuff. You know, there's plenty of stuff to talk about. So. Hell yeah! You know what? We could find out if if what we figured out if if what I'm saying is true and they start going to in start kicking into overdrive for that second third mm -hmm. uh, in February. Well, maybe that, that could be a spot where we can leave off and say, boy, were we wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this may be a little too much. I maybe we're it. getting a little too much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and then we'll criticize that too. Sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> this season of hell will be over. Uh, I'm, I'm game, sure. Yeah. Actually, I don't know. I hope they don't do this to us again for the rest of the year, or next year, rather. I don't know if I could handle it. <laughs> I'd have to quit my job or something. People, you wanted the content. Well, here you go. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. We really, 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 really hope you enjoyed this discussion with Sarah Beth Pollock. I'm so happy that we finally got to talk. Uh, it's, it was long overdue, and I hope we get to do it again really soon. I know she's immensely busy with her own project, My Nights Are Booked. At the time of the recording, she was still with Undead Walking, and we basically took a whole chunk out of the beginning of our conversation as it related to her departure from Undead Walking, the reasons behind it, um, which we do have in the unedited episode recording, which you can get from ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. A direct link to that unedited episode is in the description of this podcast, actually. So click that. And um, the only way to really access it is if you either tip us for 30 days of access for supporter back content, which will give you access to this unedited episode recording, or you can actually join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month, uh, which will give you the ability to join us in these discussions uh, in the real time chat, as well as the ability to download future and past unedited episode recordings or interview recordings. Uh, among a whole host of other baseline perks, like the ability to join our Discord, uh, our ringtone, as well as uh, smartphone and desktop wallpapers, uh, unlisted playlists. Uh, so think about it. Um, it's one way to keep tabs of what we're doing behind the scenes, to join the family that is the Squawking Dead family. Speaking of which, this episode has been made possible by our Survivors tier members at Jones 71 on Instagram, at jasmine.iac on Instagram, ko-fi.com slash fanartlindy, Linda Peck Athens. She has her own Kofi page where you we just recently uh, uh, had a commission, commissioned a piece of Morgan Jones from the key art of leading into uh, Fear the Walking Dead season six. Uh, there's X Prophecy Girl at X Prophecy Girl on Twitter and at Real Ryan GM. These are our Survivors here members. They get the first highlighted shoutouts from at the end of the episodes. Another perk for that tier. Um, but hey, let's not forget our Whispers tier members. Uh, at Judith.Morton on Instagram. At Aiden the Raven on Twitter. At Tyler Philip Cox on both Instagram and Twitter. At Rita's Fan 2 
on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Alania at Frosted Angel 67 on Twitter, as well as Sandy at Sandy.D.Morrison on Facebook. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough for the support, and I can't thank you guys enough for listening to these discussions. I thought it was a very, very valuable and deep, rich discussion on not only just The Walking Dead Season 11A thus far and what we were to expect all the way back at the end of the first trimester finale of The Walking Dead's 11th season, season, but just the holistic conversation leading into that, discussing The Walking Dead World Beyond, Fear the Walking Dead, brings back good memories of of those of of our watches of those of the series thus far and uh you know missing the walking dead world beyond since we got to break down that series from start to finish so thank you so much for listening if you are going to pandemic please be sure to see us we have a table we have stickers we have a whole bunch of things to give out as well as we want to get your take we want to know what the walking dead means to you uh so we would love to get you on camera talking about the walking dead what it means to you we want to create a compilation video of your responses and uh and make that happen and show the world uh other than that uh we'll be interviewing fellow vendors for our tw family branches segment during pandemic as well as hopefully walking dead cast and of course panels or at least one panel in particular on sunday uh, which basically discusses the very thing I just asked earlier. What does The Walking Dead mean to you? Hosted by Felicia Ray, a uh, fellow friend of the show. So take care, everybody. We'll see you in the next one. And if you're at Pandemic, we'll see you soon.